you know, I built a bunch of like raised beds and last, uh, last spring we decided to get chickens. So I built like a chicken area. We got a chicken coop back there. So we have seven, uh, we have seven laying eggs, laying hens right now. And, you know, I, uh, I, I just mess around and watch like everything on TV is such garbage these days. I just watch YouTube now. And, uh, I was watching a bunch of chicken videos about egg laying chickens. And then like a bunch of stuff kept popping up about raising, um, meat chickens. And I was like, man, I could really, I think we could do it. And I built, so I built another, another chicken coop. And, uh, a couple months ago we got, we ordered 10 little baby chicks, these Cornish cross hens. And, uh, they grow to market weight in like two months. Sean Dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a longtime methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and this is Sean Dustin. What's up? This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I am your host, Sean Dustin. This is your first time uh, joining me, listening, watching. Uh, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us this evening. This is the second live stream I have this evening, and I have one more for you after this at 8 p.m. Stay tuned for that one as well. Uh, if you like the streaming app I'm using, uh, head over to the show notes or the description, and my affiliate link is down there. You'll get $10 credit for signing up, and I will also get uh, some money too when you sign up for a paid subscription that will help support the show. Uh, if you like what I'm creating and uh, you want to help support what I'm doing, uh, head on over to Patreon. I've got uh, a couple of things to, uh, ah, I've just got my tears and everything else uh, lined up over there. So it was a little bit kind of uh, jumbled in the beginning, but it's uh, worked itself out now and that's great. So you can support the show there. Uh, you can also support the show in a lot of free different ways, which is on the, you know, right now, if you're watching from YouTube, do me a favor, subscribe uh, in the corner and then uh, thumbs the video up. If you're on Facebook, go ahead and like it and then share it. If you're on the podcast platforms, do me a favor and subscribe. When you subscribe, that also makes me a lot more visible on the podcast platforms themselves, which people get to discover the show. It's up on the top of all of the searches and everything else. So that also helps. Um, Clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse weekly. Um, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern time, I co-host with uh, Maria Daniels from the Successfully Chaotic podcast. It's a room that we started for podcasters to come and hang out and uh, get to know each other, um, share, you know, 
if you're looking for guests, stuff like that. Also, if we have questions, uh, you can get answers there, you know, whether it's from tech, uh, monetizing, marketing, branding, etc. That's a good place to go. Uh, a lot of cool people there. A lot of people that I know. And I'd like to shout out my new Patreon subscribers for this month, Carlos Baisden and Joy Barcroft. Joy also gave a generous donation as well to the show. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. The show appreciates that as well. And let's get to my guest this evening. Uh, let me get that stream yard off there. So uh, my guests this evening are a duo uh, from an alternative media podcast that I, I like. And I found them through another show that I like and follow and have watched quite a bit. Uh, it's Deborah gets red pilled and I have the host from that and I'm going to bring them in here. Adam. What's going on? And Deborah. Hey there. How are you guys? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, man. Thanks for coming out and hanging out with me this evening. Uh, I was on your show in mid December, I believe. Yeah. You've been on twice. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Okay, cool. I don't remember this the second time. But second time is when we did that group Zoom thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot all about that. Yeah. I, I do so many of these things. <laughs> Sometimes they all run together. But the reason why I wanted to have you guys on, not only because I was on your show, but I love your show and I love the dynamic between you two. Um, and and explain just explain that, first of all. What does Deborah Get Red Pilled even mean? And how did this come to be? Um, do you want to go, Deborah? Or you want me to do it? You go, you go. You're, you're the one steering this bus. So. All right. Um, so yeah, Deborah is my mother-in-law and, um, I'm married to her daughter and, uh, I'm, I'm an unhinged conspiracy theorist and she is, um, someone who's traditionally trusted, uh, mainstream media and the democratic national party um for the majority of her life and you know starting uh a few years back when i felt comfortable enough to do it i just kind of started trolling her um on with you know different uh instagram stuff and uh sending her texts like just pointing out the hypocrisy of what was going on politically with the people that she hated versus the people that she loved. And, um, you know, I love, uh, I love podcasts and, um, I always want, I was like, man, maybe I could start a podcast. I just don't want to be one of these other conspiracy podcasts where it's just two, two or three people, you know, in the same room agreeing with each other. That'd be awesome if I could do one with her and just like expose her to all this stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe we'd, maybe it would work and it kind of did. So, so what's your take on it, Deborah? Um, never thought I'd find myself sitting here uh, doing a podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast was. And uh, I mean, the, the things that Adam was sending me early on, I was just like, what the hell? What, what are you talking about? You're, you're insane. You're absolutely insane. And um, never thought that I could be convinced otherwise than, you know, my, my party were the good guys and the other party were the, 
not such good guys. And uh, I've been exposed to all sorts of stuff. And he's very uh, persuasive. And the people that we've been talking to know what they're talking about, yourself included. And um, so he's chipping away. He's doing a good job chipping away. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Because uh, you're you you're from my area. You're mm-hmm. in my neck of the woods. You're over in Marin, which is probably about forty five minutes from me without traffic. Um, so it's not too far, mm-hmm. but it's it, it's an affluent area. <clears throat> you know, it's uh, they 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 think in a certain way, and everybody's kind of it's kind of a big old echo chamber over there. It is absolutely every most of the. I mean, at least the people that I encounter for the most part, think and believe similarly to, you know, how I think or thought and believed. So, yeah, it is an echo chamber as well. Good way to put it. And how are you dealing with that? I mean, are you coming around? Does stuff make sense or is it like? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, for me, it's definitely a process. I, I kind of straddle the line. Um, I, uh, I, I, I've been hearing a lot of information that is new to me. Um, and it's, you know, it, it is a process. You can't just like jump in with both feet, especially, you know, well, with, with, I was going to say with political uh, subject matter, but it's true of just about everything. Um, you know, if you've brought up, been brought up thinking a certain way, like the earth is round, you can't just hear somebody's version of um, it being <laughs> otherwise and just go, okay, it's flat. I've been wrong all these years. You know, you got to, you got to, digest it and um, regurgitate it and digest it again and, you know, so on and so on. So I'm in that process. Um, Sometimes it feels really uncomfortable and sometimes it just is, you know, the, the, this is the way the world is, you know, and it's never what you are convinced it is. There's, there's always more to learn out there, and um, there's a bazillion ways to get your eyes opened. And I'm, I'm dipping my toes in. Well, I think it's awesome that you at least are trying. You know, you're at least open to listening to other, other types of, uh, of stuff like that. Well, yeah, that that's the thing. It's like. I don't think she realizes it um, is that most people that on, you know, on either side of the, of the aisle, um, I don't have a side of the aisle. I know I'm biased a little bit one way more than the other, but um, you know, I'm not really letting, trying to let, try not to let politics rule my life and live outside that system. But for anybody to be challenged, like, or, um, have everything that they believed in forever, you know, just torn down right in front of them. Um, most people will just freak out and not be able to listen or like, um, 
you know, see the other side of things. And I don't think Deborah realizes that, that her being able to do that is, um, not, not the norm at this time of, of history, you know? And, um, one of the main things that I really want to try to kind of uncover on the show in the future is like, why are some people open to, um, just open to different different opinions and some people aren't and why are some people like willing to change their mind and and look at things that aren't just haven't been the what's been told to them for their whole lives you know and i don't i I feel like i'm one of those people and i just i want to know why some people can't you know yeah how some people have have a hard time um like you said, wrapping your head around something like even like I had David Weiss on and I know you've had him on your show mm-hmm. and that, and that was a good, a good analogy to bring up because I have the hardest time with that because I want to believe that everything that I see the CGI and, and all of that, I want to believe that that's real. I yeah. want to believe that, that like that, that Will Smith documentary or with the astronauts, I want to believe that that's real, right? Because that's cool. It, the way that it was done and the way that they showed it. I mean, but I don't know. I mean, unless I can go up and see for myself. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I, maybe you are right. You know, yeah. maybe they aren't. I, it's just, it's so confusing that it's just easier sometimes to, to like, just ah, screw it. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. It's funny that you want to believe that it's round and I want to believe that it's flat, you know, I don't have uh, I'm not, I'm not deep enough in to, to like definitively say, but I say I'm, I'm constantly two months away from being a full blown flat earther. So, <laughs> so what do you think of the Mars Rover? You're talking to me. Yeah. I don't know what's going, what's going it, on with that. It landed on Mars today. I haven't seen or, anything or about it. Or it was supposed to. I, I, I didn't follow up. I haven't seen any news, but it was scheduled to to land on Mars today. Oh, I saw it. They didn't really. They didn't really show it. They showed like, like fake stuff. Like not not the real <laughs> thing, but something like it's simulating it. What it's doing. They showed like claymation. Yeah, claymation. It looked like a the California raisins were driving it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah i mean supposedly it's been on its way there since the 70s right oh really yeah so i mean that's kind of crazy yeah yeah i mean a lot of it is just you know it's okay whatever i mean i don't i don't believe uh, i'm not really leaning anyway i mean because at this point who knows you know who who knows what the truth is until i can see it myself then i'll specifically say yes i believe this or yes i believe that and i don't think that will ever come about because i don't have the kind of money that will take me up to the to the first flight so yeah yeah that's the one that like it's weird to me that people get so um tribal and defensive about that one you know like for most people, like if if they just think about it, I know it's a bigger deal than just the the shape. It has to do with the lie and why the lie and all that stuff. But like, if you bring that up with with people, they get they get mad. You know, they do. Yeah, and and a lot of a lot of the times that it has 
come up in conversation. For me, the people that I'm having the conversation with are like, what? I've never heard of that. How can that be? I mean, they, it, it's a concept that has not even touched them. And, you know, I, I probably was that way too. The first time I heard it, but yeah. Yeah. We yeah. have a, we have a comment. People act so passionate about what they believe, but none of us are even close to knowing 1% of what's real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our, our reality is inverted. I believe that. I believe that, you know, there's a podcast. What's up is down. I, yeah. I believe that there's a lot of that, you know, what's left is right. What's up is down. What you think is in front of you is actually behind you. Yeah. Even, even, even it, I was just talking about this in the last uh, show I was doing, even in our own subconscious, you know, we, we, we're doing one thing up here and, and looking out the, the, the window or the, the, whatever you want, the, the front window, the windshield and our subconscious is really taking the wheel and driving us and, and is the mechanism driving everything. And we are just kind of like following along, but we think that we're the ones that are actually doing it, but we're not. Yeah. That's a little deep. <laughs> well, I, I think we've all had that experience. So where you're, you know, you're on the road and all of a sudden you go, wait a second. How did I get here? I haven't been paying it. Where where was I? I was not driving the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, Adam, you and I, we'll, we'll get back to some of this in a second, but you and I kind of share the same uh, background. We um, we both struggled with addiction, and uh, we're knuckleheads in, in a period in our life. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough that I didn't end up going to prison like you. But I was uh, I was well on my way, and um, yeah, I've been sober for I think I just checked. I totally uh, I to- I tried to think of what my sobriety date was, and I couldn't even remember. So I think that means like that you're doing doing it right. It's like when that's like not that big of a deal. And I remember. Um, so I've been sober for eight and a half years since July of 2012, I think. And uh, yeah, I struggled. Um, you know, with, uh, alcoholism mostly I did whatever was around, but you know, just, uh, I ruined my life really well with just cheap, light yellow American beer, you know, that, that did it for me. So, um, but yeah, you know, I got sober in uh, in the rooms of AA in the Bay area first in Marin County and then in, uh, in Oakland and ultimately in San Francisco, I moved up to Oregon um, a couple of years ago and did AA for a while up here. And it turned, uh, AA was turning a uh, really, really woke, like uh, a lot of uh, social justice warrior ideology had crept into the rooms of AA and it just kind of turned me off and made me feel not welcome. So um, I haven't really been going to AA. I know you can't, you can do zoom meetings now. I think some places they have uh, in-person meetings, but not very much. Um, but I haven't done it for the past few years, but I'm still, uh, still sober and try to live my life in a, you know, in a way that kind of reflects the, the teachings of, of AA, which is just not be, don't be a piece of shit and be nice to people. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I struggle with it, but I'm, I'm still, I'm doing okay. I think, you know, so, um, 
you know, even though I don't do it anymore, if anybody ever came to me and was like, Hey man, I need help. I can't stop drinking. I'd, I'd recommend the rooms of AA to them. So, um, I'm, I'll, I'll always be grateful to it, even though I don't do it anymore. And, um, you know, all the good stuff in my life, my wife and my little dogs and my house and it's all stuff that I never, never imagined that I could have good job. So, yeah. Yeah. You, you really actually did, uh, land a, land a good job. That's one of the top, at least down in in my area, in the Bay area, it's one of the top, uh, trades. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you can get in there, you know, you're, you're doing good. Yeah. Shout out to local eight San Francisco elevator constructors. That's where I started. And, uh, now I'm currently in uh local 23 Portland elevator constructors. So I was, uh, I was a union iron worker as well. And, um, Iron Workers 377 San Francisco. So shout out to those guys too. Yeah, your um your apprenticeship hall for the uh, Iron Workers was right around the corner from my union uh up up in Benicia. Yeah. It's a cool uh it's a cool place. That's how I learned how to weld. You know, I got my uh welding certifications there and uh actually I think I got those at the San Francisco Hall, but um yeah. That's where we went to school and uh spent a lot of a lot of time wandering around um trying not to get yelled at at that place so that's cool so living up in oregon i know that you've kind of um are you you're growing your own food now you're you've got chickens and stuff like that or is that what you're you're trying to work towards so we um we live in a little uh working class suburb couple miles over the border to portland called um, milwaukee and it's uh it's a really nice little quiet town i have a really really great house i love it um you know coming from coming from uh oakland and san francisco i was kind of resigned to the fact that i was never ever going to get to own a house in some place that i wanted to live and that was uh kind of why we first decided to come up here and um you know i got a, a normal an old like an old house from the 40s it's got like a decent sized backyard but nothing special and it was uh kind of like an overgrown mess when i moved in and i just worked really hard you know i have three-day weekends every week and i just uh worked really hard and it's it's kind of like a little a little uh it's not not much of a paradise but it's i really really enjoy it back there and um you know i built uh bunch of like raised beds and last uh last spring we decided to get chickens so i built like a chicken area we got a chicken coop back there so we have seven uh we have seven laying eggs laying hens right now and you know i uh i I just mess around and watch like everything on tv is such garbage these days i just watch youtube now and uh i was watching a bunch of chicken videos about egg laying chickens and then like a bunch of stuff kept popping up about raising um meat chickens and i was like man i could really i think we could do it and i built so i built another another chicken coop and uh, a couple months ago we got we ordered 10 little baby chicks these cornish cross hens and uh they grow to market weight in like two months and uh i think two weekends ago we uh my wife and I and another friend slaughtered and processed them in the backyard and, 
you know, it was, it was pretty cool. I, I get a kick out of like, I think like our city probably allows us to have like five chickens or whatever. So I'm always going to try to push the limits and do something that's not allowed. And, um, you know, the first time was a learning process. It was a long day, but you know, everything went, went well. I shrink wrapped them. I got like all these plucked chickens that look like they came from the store, you know, some, they're like monster size though. We, we, gotta like figure out how to feed them in a more responsible way because these kind of they're bred just to eat they're bred to get to market weight like super fast Mm. so one of them was like nine pounds it looks like as big as a turkey like a small turkey so i think like if you get a a whole chicken at this at the supermarket it's like four four pounds or something like that so yeah i got i got 68 pounds of of meat out of 10 chickens. So pretty high average. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, I was watching something on Netflix the other day. It was about one of these movies, these documentaries about food and, and the food that we're eating and, and everything else. And it's like, you know, really the only way out of that is to either grow your own, raise your own, or, you know, otherwise you're, you know, from the hormones and the, the antibiotics that are, are fed to all farm animals, you know, all of that stuff. I mean, it's all, it's all bad. Yeah. Yeah. And just like that, I mean, I'm always going to eat meat, but just like the ethical treatment of like a Foster's Farms chicken is pretty mm. horrible as well too, you know, like, terrible. Yeah. like these, it's weird. There's a difference between like the, my laying chickens have like little personalities that are like fun to be around those meat birds are like kind of gross and all they do is just eat and drink water. They drink like five gallons of water a day, like 10 of them would. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, they had a, they had, it was, they, they stayed in the coop the whole time cause it was cold, but, um, I ordered like 16 more. I'm going to do it again, but I've, I've decided only to do it in uh warm, warm months. So they're going to be able to be outside. And I built like these little, chicken tractors so they're going to be able to to graze on the grass every day so that's cool man yeah there's a uh my buddy robert he said after this spontaneous texas ice storm it appears that even those of us out in the country are ill prepared for what could come or would come yeah yeah i hear that i heard texas is pretty rough right now we just had a huge ice storm up here too um i got all excited because i thought it was going to snow and it's still kind of like I lived in, you know, Bay Area for 25 years. So when it, when it snows every once in a while up here, I get kind of excited. But it was just like it was like an ice storm. It was it was like frozen rain, and then uh, yeah, and um, there's people still. It was last last Thursday and Fridays when it happened, and there's still people. We got lucky; we didn't lose power, and there's still people like on like every street around us haven't had power the whole time. And we somehow got really lucky and like haven't lost power. So, um, yeah, all like all the hotels up here are booked and just like the Safeway right by my house is like empty. And it's like, you know, I got some meat. I have, I have, I bought half a cow and I have those chickens in the freezer in the garage. But if I lost power, like I don't have a generator. I don't have like a ton of drinking water. You know, it's all stuff like that. I got a lot of bullets. I got a lot of <laughs> stuff that the bullets go in. But like, you know, <laughs> I'd rather pre- have stuff to protect than have to go out and find it. You know. 
Word, yeah, words yeah. from a mother-in-law. Get a generator. Okay. You could yeah. buy me one if you want. I, I even have a generator. Well, I've got the two the two Yamahas that you can hook together and actually make a 30-amp um, crossover thing that you hook them. But, I mean, that's just for my, my trailer, and it doesn't do a whole lot for yeah. a 50-amp trailer. I mean, I get, what, two appliances, if that? Yeah, I just want one to be able because I got all that meat. I got you know two hundred fifty pounds of beef in the in the garage that I don't want to want to lose. You know, so yeah, no, absolutely. And and I was just talking to, to somebody about this earlier today. As uh, and you can probably attest to this, Deborah, that uh, we don't really see a whole lot of extreme weather events in our area. No. You might get you might get a lot of rain maybe one year. Um, but, or some bad wind, you know, I think the fires were the worst thing that, that, that kind of happens where we're at. But I mean, as far as like natural weather disaster stuff, I mean, we're lucky here. Really lucky. Yeah. We don't have to shovel snow. We don't have to worry about ice on the roads too much. It's pretty consistent. But I don't think that it's worth, you know, the, the cost of living that it costs to live here. Agreed. The, the weather. Agreed. Yeah, it is pretty nice though. Like when you're out of it for a while, like you guys get those sneaky weeks where it's like 70 degrees in January. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't get those up here, man. So it's like if if it's like 50 degrees and the sun comes out for a couple hours one day, you're like pretty stoked. <laughs> so, but like when it's nice here, it's it's as nice as it gets. So. We've been uh, thinking about getting out of here, trying to get out of the away from the city even more, and possibly to another state. And like, I really don't. I I love it. I love the Pacific Northwest. I want to stay here, but it's getting harder and harder. And people like me, I don't think, are going to be that welcome here for that much longer. So we're weighing out all the options. Yeah, that's kind of that's it's weird, man. The the kind of what we're in right now, um, you know, as far as the division and what's what's pushing it, and kind of the catalysts that are that are popping up. You know, I'm, I'm I remember Sam uh, said something the other day. Or did a tweet the other day about you know the next false flag event. It's it's going to happen. I feel like I think he's right. I think it's, there's it's close. It's it's getting close. Yeah, what do you think? It's what? Do you, what is? What was he saying that the next false flag is going to be? He doesn't know. Just that one's coming. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was around uh, something about the uh, the guns. Uh, yeah, what they're planning on doing with the guns and stuff. Domestic terrorism and all that bullshit. Yeah, because I mean, if 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 by their definition, because you and I talk about the things that we talk about. Um, yeah we would be considered domestic terrorists. Yeah. We commit thought crime on the record, you know? Yeah. And, you know, even though I talk about a lot of other, other stuff that is not relevant to that and, you know, has more to do with, um, you know, personal development and, you know, fixing yourself and, you know, being accountable and, you know, things like that. I just don't think it's just, it's just really crazy. Um, because, I even catch myself now like self-censoring. Yeah. On the air or just around people like, the, yeah. 
Yeah, um, I haven't been. I probably should. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, we're all on. We're all on lists. So, um, we'll see what we'll see what happens, man. Like, I don't know. I think I'm a I'm prime prime candidate for reeducation camps. So, I don't know. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to come get me, but I think um, it's just going to be harder for people like us to get around in our day-to-day lives and you know i'm not stoked on uh getting uh, experimental medicine stuck in my arm so um you know that you know maybe some other states will be more kind to people like me and like you know i wish it could just be like okay oregon washington california they say hey these are our values you know it sucks. I hate lumping Oregon in with with Portland because most of Oregon isn't Portland. You get outside the city limits, and it's a whole different different ball game. You know, it's kind of like in the Bay Area, like going through the Caldecott Tunnel. Like it's a whole separate separate thing. Once you get out, especially like you know, you get out far Contra Costa County, you're out out in the Delta where you are, Sacramento. But um. Yeah, I wish they could just come up with a set of values and say, "Hey, this is what we're what we're all about." You know, if you don't like it, go to go to a place that has it. You know, so um, I'm a big advocate of of state secession and just um, I think it's the only only way to peacefully coexist anymore because I don't think you're going to get somebody with set values. You know, I could I could say like the values of someone that lives in Portland and the values of somebody that lives in Alabama, they're never gonna they're never gonna figure it out. But you can like it's even closer than that. It's like someone that lives in thirty miles outside of Portland and somebody in Portland aren't gonna agree on anything, you know? So um I'm open to like all those suggestions and I that's like the one thing that, that I get excited about and hopeful for these days, um, politically. So yeah i don't know i just it's so that's all just confusing to me honestly yeah you know especially when you're trying to you know i've got my nose in a show trying to you know start a nonprofit and all this other stuff that's you know that i've got going on you know i just like i try not to uh, i don't know i don't even know what paint yourself in a corner yeah, yeah, I guess that's I guess that's what you would say, you know. Um I'm I'm careful about how I word things now. If if I even word them at all, um you know, just for the simple reason is that you know people love to go into your into your old episodes and and bring up things that you were talking about even though everybody knows that you know if you're if you're the same person you were last year today, then you're not doing life right. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You're not learning, you know, cause when I go back and listen to some of those older episodes that I've done, I'm like, Oh my God, I, did I really think like that? And, and, and that has nothing to do like with, with, you know, alternative media, just like thoughts that come out of my own head, <laughs> you know, like, did I really say that? And what was I yeah. thinking? Yeah, I haven't been on uh, Facebook in a while, but like, especially like right after I got sober, like, I don't know how they do Facebook, how how it operates anymore, but I remember they used to be like, this is what you said four years ago. And I'd be like, oh, geez, man, that's <laughs> really 
not a great thing to like put out in public. And I thought that was a good idea. And people would think that that was a cool thing that I said that, you know, just like, wow, I'm glad I don't don't have to look at that stuff anymore. And like, as far as the podcast goes, um, I'm nervous. I I don't even want to go back and listen to our first episode because it was pretty bad, but I mean, it's still, we're still uh, struggling to like figure out how to interview people and like get rid of like these weird, awkward silences. But I think that's kind of what's, what's good with our show is that it's like kind of raw and um, you're seeing like people disagree and agree and do all this stuff and go on this crazy journey in like real time. So I think that, I think um, a lot of people out in the world are like, you know, families are split and I think I'm done talking to my, I'm not done talking to my family, but I'm done like having any sort of like controversial discussions with my family about anything because it's never going to go anywhere and it's just going to end badly. Um, And I think a lot of people are still interested in doing that with their family. Um, And I think uh, our show is interesting to them because of, because of that. So yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. And you're right about the division in, in between the families. I mind the same way. They're just, and you can't really, you know, there's just a certain, I guess, population of people that unless it's on the, the television, they're not going to believe it at all. doesn't matter. doesn't matter what you show them. doesn't matter what you put in front of them. If it doesn't come out of that television, it's not real. You know when I noticed that the most, and I was like, oh, no, my mom's gone, was do you remember right when John McCain got real sick and was about to die? You know, I think they took care of him. But um, all these liberal news outlets, CNN and MSNBC and all this stuff, were talking about how great a man um, John McCain had been and like what a great American patriot he'd been. But he's like, if you're like a, you know, really a left winger, you should hate John McCain. He's, you know, the worst war hawk of them all. And, um, you know, just never saw war that he didn't vote for and just is a blood soaked monster with the blood of millions of little Brown babies all over him. And, um, but I saw I saw that, and then I went. My parents live in a gated community in Palm Springs. I went down and visited my mom, and like right out the gate, she started, you know, saying what a great man John McCain. And I'm like, what? My mom was like a lifelong Democrat, probably in the same ilk as as Deborah had been, you know, um, like a bleeding heart liberal i think she voted for jesse jackson and stuff in the 80s you know so and uh that's when i was like oh she's just she's just saying stuff that's on tv you know and um also when when uh michelle obama and brock and uh george bush were like best friends remember when that started Mm -hmm. happening and Mm -hmm. like all the everyone george bush george bush was the first donald trump like everybody Everybody on the left hated George Bush. Did you hate George Bush, Deborah? Yeah. Yeah. You had yeah. good good reason to. Um, 
but as soon as then then he's like best friends with he's dancing on Ellen. He's best friends with with Michelle Obama. He's painting he's painting picture painting pictures. Yeah, now of, he's this you know sweet old he's grandpa this, guy. He's the sweetheart of 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 the liberals now, you know. And like that's just like a PR campaign that they did, and like it's just they showed that, and then everybody loves them. It's crazy. Have you have you seen that movie that documentary Hillary's America? Is it is it the um is it that Indian guys that what's his name? I don't remember what his name is. I can look it up. Is it Dinesh D'Souza? Yeah, it is. I have I I started watching it a long time ago, and then I was like, oh, this is going to be just like way too partisan on the other side. Um, but I'll give it another shot. How was it? Well, it it kind of went through and, and showed the democratic party where it, where it came from the inception of it and how it's, it's sort of flipped uh, through the yeah. years, you know, yeah. because you know, there used to be the KKK was the big part of the, the democratic party. Well, yeah, you got um, that guy, Robert Byrd, mm-hmm. who was a, a Klansman. He was like the governor from, from, I forget which state, like South, South Carolina or something. And that's who uh, Joe Biden quotes as like as being his his mentor and, and Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton or yeah I think it was Hillary Clinton eulogized him at his at his funeral in 2010. He'd been he'd been a a Klan member, you know, a clan like a leader. It was funny, like somebody somebody like uh, put a post up that said like Joe Biden supported you know like the the grand cyclops of the kkk robert bird and then it got fact checked and it was like robert bird was never the grand cyclops he was grand dragon (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah but i mean just it's it's we don't we don't know that stuff right you know and and i mean that was a documentary and i don't know you know it was on net not on netflix it's on prime you can't get it where you had to pay like 3.99 for it um and so I, it was just crazy to see all of that and how it kind of worked. And I was just like, oh, wow, man, I, I never would have thought. And so the Democratic Party was actually the party of the, the racist party all along. And it yeah. kind of shows how it still is. Yeah. You know, because everything that they try to to pass, like the anything that's good for the people, the Democrats are always the ones that are trying to stall it. Or, yeah. Or, or vote against well, it. Yeah. And like all these, all the handout programs are all kind of they're kind of just guilty of 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 um racism by low expectations you know like like true white supremacy like thinking that they're like that that black and brown people need need them to take care of them like they're their parents you know that's like that's like real racism to me you know so yeah but yeah remember when the democrats were the anti-war party that's what i thought yeah well, they're 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 neocons now, right? Is that yeah. What they all are? I mean, they've always been, but yeah. yeah. So, but if you were gonna put a real label on them, then you know they are all like neocons, and they're all you know for war and and everything else. The military yeah. industrial complex. Yeah. So. All right, so we're at about seven forty-two, so we got about uh, five more minutes here before we're gonna wrap it up. Um, yeah. What? 
So what are some of the, the, the good guests that are on your show? I mean, all of our guests that we have on our show are all good, but what are some of the, the highlights that you've had on? Well, for me, I think our sixth episode, we got Charlie Robinson, and that, uh, that was like a really big deal to me. I think he was our first big name, uh, big name guest. And he just went off for about two hours, like made it really easy for me, just talked um, and made Deborah feel sick to her stomach by all the truth <laughs> that he dropped on her. Um, that's if you're yeah, if you want to start, if you if you haven't heard of our show yet, go watch, go watch that one on YouTube. You can see it on YouTube on our, on our channel or listen to it. They're both good. But like watching Deborah's facial expressions when he's talking about <laughs> some really messed up stuff is, is pretty funny. Um, I don't know. We did, uh, there's a, we're on episode 33 this weekend. So what's the ones that stood out for you, Deborah? Um, Dean Reiner and um, Monica Perez, just because she's, I can't believe the facts that she can hold on to in her head and um but i i love i love the ones where we've gone kind of into more um you know uh, not so much on the political vein but more like we're kind of working towards going into you know some occult stuff and like the flat earth stuff is really interesting to me um Tartaria. Tartaria, definitely. And we're going to be talking about um, Antarctica coming up pretty soon, aren't we? Isn't that coming up? We're talking about Tartaria again. I want to get another Antarctica person on, but we'll see. But, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, just like everybody, we're burnt out on on COVID and geopolitics and stuff. So um, I kind of wanted to – I still want to do that stuff, but I wanted to steer – the show into like ancient mysteries and looking into like stuff like that too. But then some of the episodes that I've been like the most uh, proud of, I think the episodes that I'm the most proud of are like the ones where it's just Deborah and I solo. And uh, like, I remember um, we had like a pretty big name that was supposed to come on and they just, they just no, no call, no showed on us. And uh, I was like, well, we're both here. And we did like, you know, an hour and a half. And it was like a really good feeling that we were that far along. It's hard. It's hard to talk to somebody for an hour and a half while you're on record. And uh, we did it and it was really good. And people loved it and got got like good, good response from it. So those are the ones that I like the best. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, that's 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 really cool, man. And I know what you're talking about. It is difficult to carry on a solo type of thing or just to like know what direction that you're going to go and, and be entertaining at the same time and be able to ca- capture people's attention. Uh, you have some a book suggestion, uh, Anthem by Anne Rand. Anne Rand. Ayn Rand. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite my favorite book of all time. But thanks. Anthem is your favorite yeah, it's a, it, wow. it was it was written in 1938, and yeah. if you read it right now, you'll be like, "Wow, that should have been written like next month." It's a perfect vision of what the future is. It's 100 pages long. Everybody should read it. It's amazing. You can go on YouTube, and um, they've made it into like a graphic novel, and they have every chapter is a different video on YouTube, so you can do the whole book that way too. It's rad. I love it. It's so good. 
have to oh. check it out. I'm not it's a, a white pill. It's a, it's a dystopian future with a white pill. If you like 1984, you can tell Orwell read Anthem and then wrote 1984. <laughs> okay, awesome. I'll check it out. I'm not a big book reader, but... I'll, uh, 100 pages, man. Yeah, 100 pages isn't a lot to get through. Yeah. And then the podcast suggestions, you gave Tinfoil Hat with Sam Tripoli, and uh, he's got two other people on his show, uh, Xavier Guerrera, and I believe there's another. Johnny Woodard. Johnny Woodard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we found each other actually starting through uh, the Tinfoil Hat podcast, because you, Truthzilla, myself, I think we all kind of started there and then made our way to the Union of the Unwanted, and then from the Union of the Unwanted, we connected with each other. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's pretty cool when when podcasts kind of work that way, right? Where yeah. you never kind of know where it's going to take you. Yeah, that's why that's why I listed these two podcasts is because, you know, they may not they I still love listening to both of them, but they're what led me Tinfoil Hat led me everywhere that I that I go conspiratorial in some way is connected back to that. And then part of the problem has shaped me and in politically and and how I am now. So, and also to Sam's show, it does, it's not just about conspiracies. I mean, a lot of, he talks about a lot of the stuff you do too, or you, you want to get into like yeah. ancient civilizations. He's got a lot of odd, odd guests on his show that talk about very niche uh, parts of the occult and, and, you know, ancient civilizations and giants. And, you know, yeah. You name it, he's probably talked about it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, awesome, man. So let's uh, get a couple more questions here uh, or comments. Final words, everybody throw out (laughs) your Teflon pans and get cast iron. Yeah, done. My friend Maria, hey, Sean, uh, you know how it's real talk when nobody shows up. Sean, most underrated podcast 2021. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. So, yeah, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Um, I've got pretty much everything listed for you in the show notes in the description, but uh, go ahead and uh, say them anyways. Yeah, I mean, um, Deborah gets red pilled on on most podcast players that um, are out there iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, all that stuff. So, um, and then, uh, yeah. Hit us on Twitter, and you can email us at DebraGetsRedPilled at ProtonMail.com. Um, yeah, check us out. Give us a couple – listen to a couple episodes. They're uh, they're entertaining. So, Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I love the show. Um, it's a really great dynamic, and uh, the guests that, that Adam and Deborah get on the show are, are definitely top-notch in their respective uh, genres and niches. So I would – very much suggest uh, checking their shows out. We got them over on Spotify. We got them on iTunes here. Like I said, all of this stuff is going to be available in the show notes and in the description. And uh, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and sign this off. Uh, any last words? Thank you. Thanks for yeah, having thanks, us on. Thanks so much for having us, Sean. Let's, it's really uh, nice. Let's talk soon. I've got some yeah. stuff in the works for some other stuff I want to do and maybe include you. So I'll hit you up. And I and I want to get caught up on on your um, the work that you're doing your your nonprofit work that you oh, were sure. talking about before. I'd really love to get caught up on that. Yeah, for sure. You can hit me up anytime, Deborah. Um, 
uh adam my my phone number is on the email Definitely, yeah i got it I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what's going on because things are progressing i got a board meeting tomorrow awesome uh, are you doing it in the are you doing it in the bay yeah yeah oh that's you go, so you great could, you could go volunteer deborah yeah so yeah. i mean I've, I've actually narrowed it down i was gonna do men uh coming out of incarceration but after doing my market research and talking to probation and all the different people that i've talked to uh, transitional age youth, uh, 18 to 24 is what the need is because California Youth Authority is going to be shutting its doors in 2025. And in July of this year, they'll no longer be sentencing people there. So there's going to be a, a, a bridge that needs a gap that needs to be bridged. Um, you know, and community based organizations are going to be the pretty much what they're going to be looking at. And all of that funding when they do shut it down is going to be going back to the communities. Uh, for disbursement and uh, mitigation. Nice. So, yeah, a, a long answer, but, yeah, I've been working really hard and trying to figure out all the pieces and, and what to do. And, you know, because I didn't know, like, when we talked in December, I was like, I got this thing and I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. It, you had just, just come back from Arizona, was it? Uh, Utah. Or Utah? Utah. 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 Yeah. So yeah, it's good stuff. So yeah, let's definitely keep in touch and, uh, uh, continue doing what we're doing and, uh, you know, trying to give truth to people and, and spread, spread kindness and love. You got it, man. You do the same, bro. I really appreciate you having us here. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and pull you guys out and, uh, sign this off. Okay. uh, Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks guys. Thanks. Bye. 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 All right. So, yeah, we've got another uh, live stream for you coming up at 8 o'clock. That's going to be with uh, the director of a documentary called Vanishing of the Bees. Uh, That is Miriam Hainan. And, yeah, until then, I will be right back. And thanks for uh, checking out the show. And thanks for following. I appreciate all of you. You've been listening to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Sean is a single dad, a union blue collar guy, and he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved to connect to the show. Book a guest spot. For merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links, go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter at but up now. On the YouTube channel at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.